This is the Stuff You Missed, Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here is your host for the Stuff You Missed Podcast, Dennis Cox. Coming up on today's show, discussions involving the NFL, including Joe Person of The Athletic on with the David Glenn Show, and college football talk involving a couple of local teams. In the ACC this past Saturday, Boston College blew out NC State 45-24. to On Sports Channel 8, the radio show, heard from 10 to noon, Josh Goodson, avid NC State fan, goes off on what went wrong on Saturday. NC State gave up 400 yards rushing, and no one's talking about that. 400 yards? And that's the crazy part about it. We're at a point where the, the quarterback situation was so mismanaged, and the I'm going to say it, the coaches flat out missed it. They missed the quarterback situation the entire year. And this week, we, we saw it come to fruition. We finally saw a pick six by Bailey Hockman. That was just absolutely terrible. Leary did get in the game. He played well. He should be the quarterback going forward. Goodson continues about how NC State has a litany of problems right now. There's coordinator issues. There's quarterback issues. There's wide receivers dropping the ball. There's a lot of injuries that are kind of going unnoticed, too. Sure, I, think, I think Dave Doran said after the game that the starting too deep they had at the beginning of the season, which is, what, 44 players? Right. 11 of them did not play this so past 25% week. 25% of I mean, guys which is, expected to and, uh, and I think, especially on when you're playing Boston College, what do you, what do you know, especially defensively, you have to stop. They're going to run. The run. And whenever you're missing, I think, two of your best and most experienced defensive linemen, the Boston College offensive linemen have to be thinking, uh, this. <laughs> let's go. Goodson compares NC State's loss to a classic George Lucas film. I kind of think it may have been like a uh, – Empire Strikes Back moment for NC State. Okay, which is everyone's favorite Star Wars movie. It should be. It should be. How I mean, is it? How is it an Empire Strikes Back moment? So, it was a necessary. It was, it was a necessary thing to do. We obviously know that Luke had to face Vader. Yep. And what happened? He, he, got, he got crushed. He can't beat Vader first time out. Can't beat him. Series ends right there. But loses a hand. His buddy gets kidnapped. I mean, <laughs> all the bad things in the world. But we needed that to happen or Luke needed that to happen, needed this trauma in his life to dig in, dig deep, and think, okay, I am a true Jedi. I can save the day. And I think State had that this week with uh, Bailey Hockman and Devin Leary. You're listening to Stuff You Missed, the best of 99.9 The Fan. I'm your host, Dennis Cox. Switching briefly over to Major League Baseball, the World Series is set. The Houston Astros beat the New York Yankees 6-4 on Saturday night on a walk-off homer by Jose Altuve taking the series four games to two. ESPN MLB analyst Ryan Howard says that the season was not a failure for the Yankees. You go out there, you lose that game, your season is over. You you have those conversations in spring training about hoisting a trophy, winning a championship. That's the goal. And anything less than the goal, you'll consider a failure. But I think overall, if you look at what happened with the Yankees, all the injuries they were overcome or they were able to overcome, all the, the turmoil they were able to overcome, you can't really look at it as a failure. I know that situation hurts losing and not being able to win a championship, but it's not a failure. Howard also talks about how former Washington National star Bryce Harper is feeling after watching his former team make the World Series. I don't think it's jealousy of saying, oh, man, I wish I was in Washington with Washington in the World Series. It's, uh, it's I think it's a, maybe the jealousy of I want to be in the World Series and I want to be in the World Series with the Phillies. I want to be on, the, you know, I want to be there with the team that I'm with. Yeah. Um, you know, it's this. That's just that competitive nature. I don't think he's, he's, he's jealous of that actual team. He just wants his team to be there. I'm sure he's probably happy for some of You're listening to stuff you missed. The best of 99.9 The Fan. I'm your host Dennis Cox. 
Switching back over to football in the NFL, Travis Kelsey, tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, was on with Golik and Wingo this morning, and he talked about the injury sustained by Pat Mahomes this past week. Uh, I'm glad you guys said it first before I could. Um, the whole, it was Andy Reid's fault that, that Patrick got hurt. I mean, that, that was just absolutely ridiculous, man. But um, you never you never like to see one of your brothers go down. And that was the biggest thing for me is that, you know, um, as, a, as, a, as a friend, as a person, I'm a, I've been a Patrick Mahomes fan since he's been in the league. And, uh, and you know, you never want to see something like that uh, happen to your brother, especially something as gruesome as what it looked like at first. You know, when you see the kneecap kind of, it, it, his knee didn't look like a knee, and, 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 and that's alarming in itself. But I just wanted my guy to get as healthy as he can, as, as fast as he can, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and hold it down uh, while, he's not out, while he's not out there on the field. One of Kansas City's divisional opponents, the Los Angeles Chargers, on the road yesterday lost to the Tennessee Titans 23-20, to getting stopped at the goal line multiple times late in the game. Trey Wingo on Golik and Wingo this morning says this is typical of the Chargers. This is probably like the 37th most heartbreaking game in Chargers history. I don't know if I've ever seen a franchise with a team that is actually really good found more heartbreaking ways to lose. And let us remember, in 2010, the then San Diego Chargers ended the season with the number one ranked offense, the number one ranked defense, and somehow missed the postseason. Yeah. I mean, that's who the Chargers are as a franchise. ESPN Monday Night Football play-by-play man Joe Tessitore also stopped by Golik and Winger this morning to preview tonight's game between the Patriots and the New York Jets. When you play the Patriots, it's man-to-man coverage 67% of the time. So if you can get your speed guys to get loose and to win some of these one-on-one matchups, you have to be willing to pull the trigger. And that was the mentality that I sensed from Sam Darnold. You're going to get Le'Veon Bell in the passing game. You're going to have to be forced to honor the run. And then it's going to be, let's go Robbie Anderson against Gilmore. Let's test it and let's see if it's available. And I think he's going to take some shots today. On the David Glenn Show, heard from noon to three here on The Fan, David Glenn talks about Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson and the performance he had rushing the ball yesterday against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, again, it's not vintage Seattle, but that game was in front of the proverbial 12th man in Seattle. And it was Baltimore getting to 5-2 and two with a 30-16 to 16 victory. Lamar Jackson ran well again. Lamar Jackson threw well again. And Peter King of Sports Illustrated, one of my favorites on all things NFL, listed his three top candidates for MVP as including Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. DG talks about how much Lamar Jackson grew during his time at Louisville. Remember, as a sophomore under Bobby Petrino at Louisville in the ACC, Lamar Jackson won the Heisman Trophy. If you remember him as a freshman, he was a deer in the headlights. Truly had no idea what he was doing at the quarterback position. That's not revisionist history. I watched all of his games. He didn't have a clue how to play the quarterback position. Deer in the headlights athlete being asked to be a quarterback and it just was ugly more often than it was pretty next year he won the heisman and then he had a good year as a junior and turned pro early obviously david glenn also talks about how a lot of nfl executives were skeptical about lamar jackson coming out of college there were enough doubts about him that he slid all the way if you knew he could be a dual threat the way cam newton was that as an mvp in 2015 if you really believed And enough NFL teams really believed that this version, MVP candidate version of Lamar Jackson, was a possibility, much less a probability, he wouldn't have slid all the way to 32. David Glenn also talks about former NC State quarterback Jacoby Brissett of the Indianapolis Colts and the matchup that he had yesterday against the Deshaun Watson-led Houston Texans. 
Jacoby Brissett actually outplayed Deshaun Watson as the Colts got to 4-2 and two and first place in the AFC South with that 30-23 win over the Texans. The former Wolfpack star via Florida, Jacoby Brissett, 26 for 39, 326 passing yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions. If you outplayed Deshaun Watson, you're doing something really right, and Indianapolis is atop the AFC South as a result. David Glenn is also intrigued by a potential matchup between a couple of winless teams later on this season that might decide the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft. Quick aside, the winless Dolphins and the winless Bengals play each other on December 22nd. We couldn't really have 0-14 against 0-14 by that point, would we? I mean, the, the loser would get the first pick in the draft next year. I mean, I don't know. The NFL rarely has undefe- undefeated teams in the regular season, rarely has winless teams. The Dolphins and the Bengals are that bad. Sports Channel 8, the radio show, heard from 10 to noon here on The Fan. Talked about the only remaining unbeaten team in the state of North Carolina in college football, the App State Mountaineers, and how they deserve more credit than what they've been getting. They deserve more than the what the, is it the Camellia Bowl or something that they because yeah. they get dragged down. They by deserve the better than a Tuesday night you know. in in Mobile, Alabama and in it, December. It's one, it's one of those things where I, I went on ESPN's FBI, uh, the Football Power Index, this morning. An app is still, even though they're you know they're top tw- they're number twenty one in the AP poll, they're twenty two I think in the coaches. Um, they're projected to go to win over eleven games this season. Yeah. Um, they're still 40th in FPI behind UNC, who's 39th, and who they, they beat, and Miami's 41, who uh, UNC beat. Yeah. So, so it, I mean, the whole thing is because their their strength of schedule in conference is obviously really weighing them down. Hayes Permar talks about some backlash that he did not expect to receive on social media. But I sent out a innocent tweet. Remember, I think it was last year. Maybe we've been doing this the past couple years. Where the the hypothetical could an all star team of ACC schools, yeah. not Clemson, beat straight up Clemson? Mm-hmm. Like if we took the best quarterback, the best wide receiver, the best offensive lineman, the best defenders, all from other ACC teams, and put them together on a squad to play Clemson, could that team beat Clemson? I jokingly threw out, could a all star team mm-hmm. of all the the teams in the state that aren't App State beat App State. People were like, "Oh yes!" I mean, yeah. uh, UNC almost beat them, and uh, Wade could beat them. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, slow your roll, guys!" I was just highlighting like, that App State is sort of carrying the load yeah. for North Carolina football right now. The guys also talk about App State's transition from FCS to FBS. They have very successfully transitioned from FCS football to FBS football. Uh, and, yeah, and obviously <laughs> we knew they were an FCS power. But there's still a debate. That is not easy to do. You have to, um, yes, it's one thing to say, oh, well, now we're going to get mm-hmm. so many more scholarships. we got to go out and find good players that want those scholarships, mm-hmm. right? And that's just not an easy thing to do. Brian Geisinger talks about how good App State has been. Brian Geisinger says that despite, Brian Geisinger says that despite the conference schedule that they play, App State has still been one of the top teams in all of college football and win-loss record. I'm not even looking against the spread. I'm not looking. They're really in terms good of, against the spread. I'm not, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking in terms of point differential. I'm just going back, sort of arbitrary, to 2015, which I think was the second season after they moved up to FBS. But they've played 58 games and they're 47 and 11 in those games, which means they've won over 80 percent of their games and, in, the, in the last four seasons. And those losses, five seasons. Those losses include Clemson, yeah. Miami when they were good, at you know, like, Tennessee, at yeah. Penn State in games that were. 
razor thin, like yeah. one possession game. Yeah. Oh, at uh, Tennessee, that's a bad yeah, loss. Okay, at the time, <laughs> at the time, they had Screamo Butch Jones coaching the team, and they were slightly better than they are. Totally now. fair. You're listening to Stuff You Missed, the best of 99.9 The Fan. I'm your host, Dennis Cox. Thanks once again for tuning in this evening. Joe Person of The Athletics stopped by the David Glenn Show today to talk about the Carolina Panthers, and he gave a little bit of clarity on the reports about Cam Newton's return to practice. The Panthers report last week, which nobody really has, has confirmed on either side of the fence, I'm not doubting that it's true. But if you go back at it, it was that Cam would be ready to practice. Not necessarily that he would be practicing, and I think that's an important distinction in this. Because I think Ron Rivera's public on-the-record comments last week certainly strongly suggested that the Panthers are not going to be rushing this process. Person also talks about how there's no rush to bring Cam Newton back from his injury. It behooves them to buy a little time. Uh, maybe the situation takes care of itself if, if Kyle Allen lays an egg against the 49ers and their very tough defensive front. Uh, and, and, and also, too, in fairness, Cam hasn't done anything football-related in six weeks. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he thought he's got to get his timing back, uh, a, a little bit of his wind back. All things like that. I, I don't know that that's going to happen in three days. Person also says that the injury to Newton has been somewhat of a blessing in disguise because it's given the organization an opportunity to see Kyle Allen more on the field. In a lot of ways, Cam being out for this six-week stretch rather than, say, two weeks really ended up helping the Panthers a lot in yeah. terms of the, the big picture and evaluating Kyle Allen. If it's a two-game stretch, and, and, you know, he, he wins those two games and then Cam's back. You don't really know what you have. Maybe you still don't. I, but you sure know a lot more than you did after Week 17 last year, which a lot of people were writing off as a fluke and the Saints busting their starters, et cetera, et cetera. This is the stuff you missed, the best of 99.9 The Fan. I'm your host, Dennis Cox. Will Brinson, senior NFL writer for CBSSports.com, was in studio with Adam and Joe this afternoon, and they joked a little bit about the New Orleans Saints, about how they're 5-0 and under Teddy Bridgewater filling in for an injured Drew Brees. There's no way the Saints can go back to Drew Brees, right? <laughs> I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's 5-0. and Yeah. If you if you go by the, uh, the the Carolina Sports Talk radio rule, yeah. yeah, they have to go with Teddy Bridgewater until his legs fall off. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. actually played pretty well, though. Don't, don't go with the North Carolina radio rule. It has nothing to do with North That's Carolina true. sports well, radio. Well, it all depends. I'm not, I haven't listened to Charlotte. There's, no, there's, sure, all Charlotte's doing is they're taking phone calls from jabronis who want to, like, trade the, you know. Trade. I just think it's yeah. time for Cam to yeah. walk away That's all that and is. take his medicine. The three of them also discuss how a lot of people in the media are saying other NFL teams should trade for Cam Newton. This is a conversation that took place on Get Up this morning with Pat McAfee talking about the Chicago Bears trading for Cam Newton because Mitchell Trubisky isn't all that good. Dan Wetzel just freaking wrote a column on Yahoo Sports on the very topic. Of trading for Cam? Trading for Cam. To Wait, salvage- trading for Cam or trading for anybody? Trading for Cam, specifically. <laughs> what? The Panthers aren't Why? doing that. It's- I don't understand. Well, Tra- here's a- here's a- I- I- If it's trade for Andy Dalton, I get it. Well, here's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Why are we talking about trading for Cam Newton? I thought Cam Newton wasn't good. Wait, we right. just Why live- wouldn't you want to trade for Kyle? We live in a world where trading for Andy Dalton would be a good idea for the Chicago Bears. It would be an upgrade. Brinson says that he does not expect Newton to be traded at all. 
If Cam Newton is healthy, mm-hmm. 100%. Right. And I am told very, very reliably. Sources. Yes, in fact. Hashtag. That, hashtag sources. That they will not play him until he's 100%. Right. Well, they we're shouldn't. getting. Well, interesting, but now, but now look, interesting you, you bring that up. Okay, well, let me, let, let's get the rules here. If Cam's 100%, mm-hmm. he will start over Kyle Allen. Yeah. And if Kyle if Cam is not 100%, mm-hmm. Kyle Allen will keep playing. Yeah. Are you done? They're not going to trade Cam Newton mm-hmm. if he's 100%, because then he'd be their starter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if he's not healthy enough to start, no one's going to trade for him because mm-hmm. he has to pass a physical. So all this is dumb crap in the middle of a season. Mm-hmm. That's all I was getting at. Joe Ovius talks about what Cam Newton needs to do to get back out onto the field to play. Cam's got to do what to finally prove or show, yeah, okay, it's, it's finally time for, to him to come back. Because if he's only going to be with the trainers this week, I would argue that if he's with the trainers and doesn't actually attend practice until Thursday or Friday or something like that, I would wait until the following week. This resets the counter for me, that he gets a full week of practice following San Francisco. Kyle Allen's still the starter. He goes through a full week of practice, and then we can discuss bringing Cam back. Well, Brinson says that he doesn't expect Cam Newton to return anytime soon. Maybe I'm alone here, and maybe I'll end up being wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think Cam Newton is as close to coming back as the Panthers are leading people to believe. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. I think that if you're targeting a, a a date for Cam Newton to come back, that the earliest that you could look at would be November 17th. And that's against the Falcons at home. Okay. I, I, the Dan idea is still the coach. Be, no, he will not be. I'll, I'll bet you. I'll bet you any amount of money that Cam doesn't even travel to San Francisco. Will Brinson does see a scenario where Kyle Allen will remain the starter in Carolina, even when Newton is healthy. These next three games are at San Francisco, undefeated 49ers team, mm-hmm. home against the Titans, a, you know, a weird team that sometimes not wins. a good one. No, I didn't say good. They could, Just weird. They, they could, should be trading for Cam too, except somebody would write an op-ed in the Tennessean. <laughs> about how disrespectful he is. Yeah, that's what Cam needs another Southern city. Yeah. Um, and uh, at Green Bay. Bad spot. Bad spot. Look, look, I mean, if you want to go by FPI or whatever it is, the Panthers are uh, projected to go 1-2 and two in those games. Right. If they go 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, I would probably change my stance on Cam definitely plays. It depends on how they do that. You've been listening to the Stuff You Missed Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast with host Dennis Cox. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs every weeknight at 6.30 after Adam and Joe on 99.9 The Fan.